makes it possible. Please make a donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Hey there, I'm Guy Fieri and we're rolling out. beach house she asked me if I'd rather go water skiing or lay out and I realized that not only did I not want to answer that question but I never wanted to answer another water sports question or see any of these people again for the rest of my life all in the governor things are getting good looking better now My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. Not only did I not want to answer that question, but I never wanted to answer another water sports question or see any of these people again for the rest of my life. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
the Winslow T. Broadcast Booth in cold but clear Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. Yeah. Ah, ah. We're driving and thriving, just like just like they say. Who's that guy? Cl- Clyde Frazier, also known as Walt Frazier. Been watching a lot of uh, the Knicks. He likes to say things like driving and thriving, scooping and hooping. Um, he's got a ton of them. I don't, I, that's not my thing. But I'm, you know, I'm just telling you. Also, you know what's not my thing? Is Braves. Braves winning the World Series. Once, I and I gotta say, I'm, I'm like uh, Nostradamus up in here. With uh, the th- the things I've been talking about this year, talk about the tomahawk chop. I think um, our former president, who I call Omelet Bar on this show, I think he heard me talking about the tomahawk chop because he he ran uh, ran his his uh, pretty ass down to Atlanta to you know oh, even though at the beginning of this year they were supposedly boycotting uh, baseball, but. He went down there and he did the tomahawk chop. And why do I call him Omelet Bar, you ask? Well, during his presidency, when was it? It was after uh, there, there was the big showdown about the border wall and and, uh, and uh, Pelosi stared him down. And not, not like I'm like celebrating Nancy Pelosi, but that was a, a, a win for Nancy Pelosi shut down the the border wall thing and then omelet bar went with his tail between his legs to mar-a-lago and there was a picture of him standing in line for a at the omelet bar <laughs> it's it's great it's on the it's on the um you can google it but it's also on the facebook the race to the bottom facebook page which i don't really maintain cuz i one, like once or twice, I I paid for uh, to promote on that thing, and once you pay to promote, it's like uh, they like give you a taste, and then and then you're uh, then then they try to get you hooked. Because now if I don't pay, they don't play. They bury my stuff anyway. Who cares? Facebook sucks. But what I do want to know, bless you. What I do want to know is whether, you know, so Omelette Bar did the tomahawk chop, but did he do, everybody clap your hands. Anybody have footage of that? Did he Did he do, uh, boom, 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 let me hear you say, hey, yo. It's like, hey, yo. I'm I'm feeling a little PTSD, and I don't want to go too too far into this because we're going to be doing a comedy show with my guest today. But I, and I was wondering what I was gonna, how I was even gonna say say this. But you know, with with Tuesday's result, I'm feeling a little PTSD from the from 2000 when my when my wife uh, came to bed at three in the morning. I had already gone to bed. She was tossing and turning. I said, "What?" She said, I think he's going to win. I'm feeling that red wave. Scary. 
you know that Virginia dude? He went. Uh, he went to my the school I I went to. Growing up, a uh, fleece wearing dude. All I'll say is there's a there's a troubling backlash going on with all this um, manufactured hubbubaloo. Is it hullabaloo on a CRT and all this, which I also was talking about months ago on this program. There's a, I felt like we were uh, making some progress in 2020 um, and, and changing as a society. Were there excesses? Sure, there were excesses. Are the, are the answers hard to come by? Yes. Like I was talking with my guest, are we traumatized by the last uh, two years or whatever? Yeah, we are. But all I'll say is is I'm on the side of uh, Tony Morrison and, and uh, James Baldwin and not some, uh, you know, Patagonia wearing. No, Patagonia's fine. What, what, what kind of fleece is that that uh, Youngkin's wearing? Around what brand of fleece? Can research team? Could you look into what bland, brand of fleece Yunkin wears? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of energy right now on the on these uh, on the reactionary side, and a lot of ostensibly smart people are glomming onto that backlash because it it uh it's exciting or makes the money but I don't know I'm not a fan Remember this jam? I'm a fan of this jam. Host by Svanborg Kardip how about that mashup? And then we'll and then I'll introduce my guest. Who? What did we hear? We heard Guy Fieri, friend of the show. We're rolling out, looking for America's vax hesitant and jabbing them. We heard from uh, back back in the day. See, I I was going to go see French Dispatch, and now I'm hearing some troubling reports. I feel like. Wes Anderson, who I, who I used to love, is now, he's gone the way of George Lucas, where he's just in high off his own supply, doesn't understand human emotion anymore. But back in, back in the good old days, we heard from Bottle Rocket, not only did I not want to answer that question, it's just a cheap fleece he made for his campaign, so he sells those fleeces? My research team says... Those are that's a Yunkin brand fleece. You wearing Yunkin? Oh man, that fleece is pretty cool. What's that? A Yunkin fleece? Um, we heard from Gerald Ford. Our our long national nightmare is over, and he says national because he was from Michigan, right? They say national. We heard from Marky Mark with good vibrations. 
just a, a, a moment of that. We heard Shadow Boxing, the Jizza, the outro of that. Such a great beat. And then a little bit of a, I've been, for some reason, I've been on this weird Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. So we heard from John Frusciante off Neandra Lades and usually just a t shirt, his weird album that he did when he was having a mental and heroin breakdown. Um, and we heard Pretty Little Diddy from the Chili Peppers off Mother's Milk. We heard Think Twice by Jay Dilla from Welcome to Detroit. And we heard Double Dribble from the old Nintendo game Double Dribble. Short but sweet mashup. And uh, I do it all for you. Oh, and this opening monologue was brought to you by Winslow Tea. I'm drinking it now. Mm. That is... It's like quality control. It's like a McDonald's where you know you can get a <laughs> the same burger anywhere in the country. It's like a every 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 bag of of Winslow tea you can steep steep right into the conversation. Right? Hashtag your social media with how you know and steep in. Okay. Okay. So my guest. One of the breakout stars of uh, the Race to the Bottom um, community. Um, I feel like this is uh, her third time on the show. Um, the amazing uh, Dr. Lisa is with us, and, and we're going to talk about a uh, comedy she called in about a month ago and, and was working through some her feelings about getting back into doing stand-up, and I... I did stand-up back in the day. Um, Maybe I'll do it again one day. We're gonna we're gonna workshop some some jokes and talk about life. And if you want to be part of the program, you can call in at seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. That's seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. How's it going? You is that mic working for you? Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. Great. You know, John, I want to tell your listeners how um, how impressive your show is here at the station, because I know you're not going to be saying it. You know, you guys listening to John's show, his show is like on the top of the leaderboards every month and live and for live listeners, too, which is a really big deal. So um, you guys have uh, really good taste. And uh, John, you are, you know, you're you're. You're the man. I mean, you, you're the man. And part of the reason you're the man is because you don't think you're the man. <laughs> well, I will say I appreciate that listeners get up and tune in at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You know, that's not easy for a lot of us. So oh. it's uh, I, my um, the, our dear listeners are the are the man. Yeah. I mean, you know. But that's a relationship there, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be psychoanalyzed, but you have too many <laughs> listeners to do yeah. that with. But anyway, I uh I want them I want everyone to know that your show is like killing it. Has been is a very, very popular show here and you are very talented and I just want your listeners to know that. That we all know that here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Well, Dr. Lisa uh, your show is also amazing, and if as long as we're uh, give, dishing out the compliments here, 
Um, I've been on your show, and um, I tune in as as much as I can. Oh, really? Um, cool. Yeah, and I've listened to a bunch of them. Uh, Dr. Lisa, you, you are a... Um, how, how would you describe uh, what you do on your program? You, you, you do therapy sessions. Yeah, they're kind of like halfway between. They're kind of like a mix of uh, therapy and interviews. I mm-hmm. try to get, uh, you know, I really try to connect with people and I get them to talk about like what's going on. And I try to like analyze why they are the way they are or how to improve what or how to get to where they want to go, things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, I always really learn a lot from everybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, And your, your uh, background as a therapist is? Questionable <laughs> at best. Um, it's, um, I've been doing this for like 20 years. I started mm-hmm. out doing the show live on stage oh. with audience volunteers psychoanalyzing them. I didn't know that part of it. Oh, That's yeah. Great. I had like the couch and the whole thing. You know, I do that from time to time. But um, so I'm an unlicensed therapist. Uh, I don't charge. I never charge. And patients usually don't come back. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm doing it once. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like I try to pack it in. And then they also know that I have no training. So if whatever I say is a load of crap, they can mm-hmm. just you know, throw it, bounce it off, throw it aside, not take it seriously. But I, I, I like try to make up theories and yeah. see if they, see if they resonate with the guest. So do you feel like you've kind of developed your own like uh, school of therapy over these 20 years? Like your own, like you, you, Freud had his, Jung had his, you, you have the Dr. Lisa kind of, uh, you know, philosophical school. Well, you know, I, I don't have it like, uh, I haven't written any books, for God's sakes. <laughs> um, I have. You a, should. Well, I have um, a way of doing it that I guess I'm developed for myself, and um, I've tried to like not do it for like there've been years where I've been like I don't want to do this anymore, uh-huh. and then there's always I always get invited to do something, or so it's it's kind of self propelled itself, mm-hmm. but um, I. You know what? You know what my motivation is. I'll tell you. I am a um, one night stand emotional intimacy person. Mm-hmm. I like to like get in there, and I like to feel like I really am knowing that person emotionally. But then I don't necessarily want to have anything to do with them again. <laughs> yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, very few people get in, in like invited back to the world kind of thing. What do, you, what do you mean? I mean, like, as far as the one night set, most, most people are come and go. There's very few people who, who uh, I'm I'm trying to relate. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, I have very few, very few people are inner, the regular. inner circle. Yeah, because yeah, I want to know you. I want to hear about your feelings, but I don't necessarily have any answers, and I can't necessarily really help you with them mm-hmm. or necessarily want to be part of that, but I just really want to feel that feeling mm-hmm. with you. And, um, you know, it usually leads to like, I mean, you know, I usually get to know the person like you. I feel like I know you so much better mm-hmm. after you. I mean, but I also really like you mm-hmm. and um, identify with you. Yeah. So uh, that's easy. But, you know, I don't love all, the truth is I don't love every guest. Have, have you had a guest where during the the course of the hour you you really start feeling like man this person is is a uh, no bueno 
No, you know, it's not. It's more of this is how I you really I really shouldn't be revealing my secrets. But this is how I judge my Mm -hmm. guests, whether they are able to connect with me or not. And Mm -hmm. if they're not because they have too many defenses, which Mm -hmm. I respect, I respect. I'm not judging them in any way other than my personal what I like. Yeah. My personal taste. But um, if they refuse to connect or they're not capable or they refuse or they're defensive, then I wind up getting frustrated with them. (laughs) That's all. It's just very my, you know, Mm -hmm. and then. um, And do you put do you push? Do you try to prod them and get them? uh... I do. I do. I mean, like um, I will say things like I feel like. You know, you're avoiding, you feel like you're... I say it in a nice way because no one's... You know, a lot of times I think people just... They can only go so far. And um, I mean, I do enjoy most of my guests, but occasionally somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, is just like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. And you never know. Yeah. You never know until you're on the air in that moment with the per- with that person, yeah. no matter what they seem like when you meet them. For me, a good therapist, and I might have told you this before, I'm not in therapy currently just because I, I haven't been able, I've tried to mm. find a good therapist, but it's so hard to find Really hard people. and expensive. Yeah, and expensive. You know? But a good therapist to me is someone who can help me um, kind of lay my life out on the table. Like, uh-huh. I feel like the best therapists I've had, I go and in a session, because a lot of times when you're in emotional distress, things are jumbled and it's like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, mm-hmm. oh, this. And it's, and you're just kind of pinballing around in your head. Right. And then you get into, um, you know, the, a good therapist's office and, and you can just like, all right, here's the lay of the land. Clarity. Yeah. A, ther- a good therapist brings clarity yeah. and helps you decide where what roads you're going to mm-hmm. go down yeah or what 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 your expectations should be and mm-hmm. to be realistic about who you are yeah yeah i i'm i'm all for good therapists there aren't a lot i don't think there's a lot i'm very cynical yeah. about the business it obviously is. it's it's tough um so you so on your show you you i think you are uh you have some serious chops as a therapist. Really? Yeah. That's a real compliment coming from you, considering yeah. that your dad is a very, very um, respectable. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a real deal. Yeah. And I, he looks like, I, ta- I told him this, he looks like he's from Central Cast. Yeah. Is he listening? Uh, yes, he definitely yeah, is. <laughs> What's his name again? Shit. Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. <laughs> oh my God. He, Dr. Dad, you look if I ever do a movie about a therapist, you're it. He he kind of looks like uh, a little bit like Ed Harris. You're um, right, yeah, uh, handsome. But he's got the um, the beard is is a new thing. Oh the, yeah, and the Freud beard. Uh-huh. Um, that's a that's that's a pandemic beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's I think he's going with it. Let me let me ask some about mm-hmm. your dad. Like, so your dad look to me seems like he's a great like the great. You know, he's he's obvious. You guys obviously have a good relationship. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if growing up, if it was ever like he's so understanding and communicative, if you ever felt like as a little boy, like just cut the crap. I don't want to talk about it. 
Yeah, although he's not always on, like on. Yeah, I guess. A, yeah, um, yeah. And he, he probably ignored you a lot, like most. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but my mom is also an excellent therapist. Oh, I'm not remembering that, but yeah. So I've got it. I've got oh, it that's, on. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, so it's on. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. So that's why we get along. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But how about this transition, Doctor Lisa? Um, I think you're a good therapist, but your show is also very funny, and oh, I would you. say you're also a good comedian. Oh, oh my goodness! Right? I can't take this. Right? This is, you know, I have this painting that says, um, uh, "Compliments make me psychotic." Mm-hmm. My shrink said that to me once. That's because I have self-esteem problems. But I'm going to accept this. I'm going to write this down. This is so great to hear this. I'm going to own it. Own it. Thank okay. you, John. Yeah. Thank you. So. And you, as as you told us uh, when you, when you called, you were walking over the bridge, yeah, Williamsburg love, Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that was a, a good call, and you were talking about get, getting back into into stand up. And and I was thinking, we gotta, I gotta have you in here, and we'll we'll work through some some material. I love it because I have this document. I had to do a little searching for it, but I have this document of of like. Uh, premise and joke fragments um that we uh-huh. can uh that maybe you can help help flesh out and uh, you I, you obviously have stuff you're working yeah. on yeah yeah let's workshop um i i you need to tell your listeners that you have done comedy you have a lot more experience doing mm-hmm. stand-up comedy than i do folks i mean a lot more well um so you did comedy i did it in in, in back in man this motorbike is doing some comedy. Um, I uh, we have the window open here. We don't have a motorbike in the studio, just for the listener. Um, I did comedy in Asheville, North Carolina, yeah. where I used to live for a couple years, and then I moved to New York and did it a little bit um, in New York, and then I switched over to the um, improv mm-hmm. uh, scene at at right. upright, the the now defunct, well, at least in New York, Upright Citizens yeah. Brigade. Yeah. Um, but you did it in an appropriate time in your life. Well, <laughs> you know, I hey, I I might want to get back into yeah. it. But the, the big and we talked about this. The, for me, the drawback of doing stand up comedy is sitting around listening to other people's uh, five minutes. You know, because for the uninitiated, when you're starting out, you usually do about five minutes of stand up. A lot of people have the same five minutes of material that they run they try to work through they try to improve they go to different uh open mic nights or different you know opportunities Mm -hmm. to do their work and so as a as someone in their peer group you end up hearing someone's five minutes i mean i could still do other people's routines from 2010 Asheville, north carolina wow and i you know not but you won't. <laughs> I won't. Because I, I couldn't stand that. Uh, oh, I know. I know. Most people don't realize. I mean, when I started saying I'm going to do comedy, I knew what I tried it enough times to know. The biggest obstacle, no one understands that, like, in order to do comedy, you have to go to an open mic and it's a minimum an hour and a half. And you do five minutes, listen to other comedians do their five minutes. Um, some of them are good. A lot of them are not. Yes. A lot of them don't have anything worked out. 
And you have to do that. I'm doing it twice a week. Uh, that's like yeah. my my standard. But if you're really serious, you probably have to start out doing it a minimum four to six times yeah, a week. You do. And Sometimes going to multiple venues each night, and you don't want to. You don't want to. Uh, you don't want to leave. You have to get there early so you can get on. If it's a sign up sheet yeah, for the right, open mic, right? Um, so then you're sitting around watching everybody, and you don't want to do your set and then leave immediately you because you want to. You, uh, you part of it is like being known as a supportive person, and then you make and it's networking and schmoozing yeah. and stuff. So so for five minutes, it's a two hour commitment, including like travel or whatever. And there's not usually drinking during, it's not like a party. Everybody's sitting there and uh, listening. You're not supposed to be on your phone. It's very, and um, even my husband doesn't understand this, but there are no, uh, there's no audience. It's not the kind of thing where (laughs) anybody who, no one would want to be there it's hard enough as a comedian. So that's a huge obstacle spending. Um, I'm spending four hours a week to do 10 minutes of comedy. By which, by no audience, you mean that the, the audience is just the other comics. Oh, yeah, there's no like anybody there to hear comedy. It's other comedians. And that's not a real audience because they're there for they're not there to be entertained. Yeah. And they're there because they're sort of obligated and somewhat interesting. I remember when, how great would it be if we just, uh, <laughs> the whole time we're like about to get to um, our jokes, but we just keep talking about other stuff the whole time. And yeah, let's, like, let, we okay, let's time. see if we can do this. Let's workshop. Wait, but, but, but one point I wanted to make, when I first got to New York, I, I was like, I want to do stand-up. And I talked to some people and I and I found this um, stand-up room. Um, and they were like, yeah, come, it's great. Uh, and it was someplace like kind of in Soho and I get there and it was like on the like fourth or fifth floor of this building. And I realize what it is, is literally it's only comics in this like warehouse room and people just doing their set for each other. Oh, wow. Like it wasn't even, it didn't even have the, um, pretense of being a club oh my god you know warehouse of comics it was just like let's just so it was basically like standing up there and 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 people just doing their sets and and all the rest of the comics just judging and it was like what is what is the point of this did they have chairs at least i don't even remember oh wow yeah i can't it sounds that sounds particularly heinous they're usually they're not i mean it's you know it's a you know it's something. If you're in your 20s, you probably get let You can get laid there, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I was not in my 20s. Let's say yeah. that. Um, U.S. Oh my God. Are you getting Are you getting messages from your your yeah, listeners? Sometimes I this. Um, I'll. I just got a, a a song recommendation. I'll pull this up uh, from from one of my uh, our big. Um, Listeners, listeners, and guests. Who's that? Um, this guy Jay Clarkson. He's a um, Jake. He's a, Jay Clarkson. Jay. Hi, Jay. He's a uh, he's an Episcopal priest, and we oh, have him wow. on um, pretty regularly. Hilarious guy. He's one of the good Christians. Oh, okay. No, um, that's cool. <laughs> and he um, he there's this there's this here. I'll put it on the background. 
This is like a vitamin string quartet doing scar tissue by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Okay. Sounds like it would be on the back in the background of on the media. Yeah, or maybe a marching band or some mm-hmm. much be march like something like that. Yeah. All right, so let's get down to it. Okay. Let's we, let's just go uh let's one do this. And, we'll one and one, one and yeah. one. Uh so you want to start us out with a a premise? Okay. So here's the deal. Um what last night when I was preparing for today, um I just like I have a set I've been working on, but I thought, well, I wanted to workshop some new something stuff. new. So yeah. I brought in, I went through, what am I going to workshop? And I just brought in my whole file, which is very thick at this point of material. But then I had a couple of things. I actually had a, like an unusually eventful night okay. last, last night, which night. I didn't expect. I went to an open mic at Tiny Cupboard. Shout out the best, my favorite place, Tiny Cupboard. Where is comedy. that? Um, it's on Cooper and Broadway in Bushwick okay. or like way out, like whatever in uh, Brooklyn. And uh, so I went there and I did my thing. And then uh, I went out for a drink with my husband. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our friend was doing a, we wound up at house of yes till like at 10 o'clock at night. Cause our friend had a book launch there. So it turned out I wasn't planning on going. It mm-hmm. turned out to be like a completely, but anyway, um, let me talk about the premise I have from the open mic, which okay. is really, really uh, strange. So, at the end of the open mic, this lovely young comedian comes up to me and she said, you're Lisa Levy. And I said, yes. And she said, you introduce my parents. Oh, my God. So, it turns out this is a young woman. I had dated her dad in the 80s. And her mom was a good friend of mine, and they had met at my apartment. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew that they yeah. had, and they got married and moved to Seattle. And I haven't talked to them since, like, the 80s. Yeah. And this is, like, their progeny. Wow. Wow. Which is kind of weird. But then, and everybody started going, we were having this weird conversation, and everybody's like, wait, what's going on? And then, like, people were listening to us <laughs> talk because... Uh-huh. The connection was so weird. Yeah. You know, I knew her parents. I dated her dad. Yeah. And then um, Lana, who's a great comedian, Lana Sibel, pointed out that um, she goes, Lisa, you're so funny because a couple of months ago, didn't you date, you know, somebody's husband? And then I realized that I had dated, I met this woman whose husband she met, I had dated for a long time. Okay. A former boyfriend. Yeah. So I was thinking like, there might be something really funny there because it's kind of like, I haven't really slept with, I slept with somebody's father and somebody's husband (laughs) and how weird it is that these open mics, these people, people keep turning up it's like a like a bo- like a boomerang where it uh, really takes uh you know 20 year boomerang yeah where- it's like a new scene and i walk into this fairly new scene to me and then all of a sudden there's like old boyfriends and then i have to explain i've had to explain to one woman why it didn't work out with her husband between me and the guy <laughs> And then I had to explain to this young lady why it didn't work out with her dad. 
So you you're like have to um, do the it's not you it's me talk <laughs> with with people's uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there are others. There's other people that are at these mics know that they probably think I'm a I'm a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. they don't even know me. And then I've had these intimate relationships. Like, it looks like I've dated. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. I think uh, they say that, like, uh, the you know, these comedy scenes can be incestuous. But this is like, you know. Incestuous, like, by a generation removed. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think going into, like, the, um, you know, you can maybe abstract it a little bit and then be able to um just just you could get into like <clears throat> the the talk of like what what were the reasons why it didn't work out with the dad and the husband you know yeah you, you could kind of talk through that and kind of uh like role play the you know do, do like act outs yeah and have the you know it'd be funny if the daughter and the wife were were like defending their you know <laughs> You know, being like, but you know, or like, what if that? What if I put them both there together? Yeah. Do you think I could do that? Like, do you think people would believe it? Like, because it it is yeah. kind of the same group. Yeah. They just weren't in the room. Yeah. The, just happened months before. Yeah. Just put those together, and then they're like, um, it could be about my reputation. Yeah. Watch out for Lisa. She <laughs> sleeps with everybody. Yeah. She slept with everybody's <laughs> husband before they knew them. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if the it's like you could try out both, but if if they're like um either they are like taking up the side of their their partner. Their their husband or father. <laughs> you know, and being like or or whether you like convince them like that uh they're Actually, yeah, you actually you're right about that, you know. Oh, like, you mean you like convinced... your dad wasn't as great as you think? Or they're like, actually, no, you're right. He does do that, you know. You you oh. give them the you give them the yeah, the skinny like, he, of like he really yeah he was point he, out what I what what was annoying about yeah them. what the deal breaker was. Fred's still a vegetarian. <laughs> does he still eat? Like it takes him like an hour to eat a big plate yeah. of rice, right? Yeah. That's great. He yeah. hates homeless. Does he still hate homeless people? Exactly. Get into the uh, specifics of of the breakup. Uh-huh. That's good. I like that. I think that that might be better than like, um, like for, first you could set up how it's kind of um, like, oh, everybody thinks I'm a hoe. But then you like go past that and then get into, you know, into into those specifics of why the breakups happened. Mm. Those are because I think that's more complex than just like taking it on yourself and like, you know, doing the self shaming, you know? Oh yeah. Like you could do that at first and then push through it and be like, yeah, does does he still hate homeless? That's good. That's like, put it on, on these dudes. And then like maybe with the daughter, like talk about things that are probably traumatic Mm -hmm. to her. Mm -hmm. That probably, does he still do? Did he like, did he ever do this to your mom? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or like, yeah. But also, like, what else is really weird is that weird thing of like, I slept with your dad. Yeah. And I slept with your husband. That's like, exactly. that is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, uh, I think you have enough there to, to like, 
just go up with those fragments and and see what happens see in what the moment. Happens. I think that's enough. Uh, mm-hmm. There's enough juicy material there to kind of. Yeah. Can, can I tell you my second thing that I came up with last night? Yeah. And then I want to focus on your things because I just want to know which, which yeah. if you like this premise okay. better or this other yeah. premise. Um, the other premise, um, I'll just make it really simple. So, um, like, I'm sort of portraying in my comedy that I'm like, as in the role, like, I'm the same age as your parents. That's how I start out. Yeah. So, because um, I am the same age as, you know, Most millennials' of parents. Yeah. So, uh, um, at the House of Yes, when I noticed last night, I went out on the dance floor because I just wanted to see that feeling. And it felt like people weren't dancing. They were cruising. Mm-hmm. And like in my day, at least we danced. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's... <laughs> I, I see that. It's just about like... Yeah. Are you attracted? You're just like at least... You guys are so... You don't even pretend to, to find the... Yeah, you're just basically wearing as little as possible and then like using the music as an excuse to wave your body at <laughs> yeah. at the other person. And to like, it's like go on a like a conveyor belt. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just kind of like go around the room until you yeah. see where, yeah. how it works out. Yeah. If there's anybody that bounces back. Yeah. Or like, it's like uh, musical chairs almost. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Is one better than the other, or um, uh, obviously we don't know. But I mean, yeah. do, do you like one better than the other? I'm just trying to think of how. And and actually, this second one gets to a lot of minds. Mine are really fragmentary. Where this is an issue that I had, where I was like, I'd get like basically a one liner or like uh, one, and then like, but how do you? build out the world of that joke. Oh, you know? I see what you mean. And so that's what I'm trying to help you do is is to like figure out so like what are the like so the premise and then what are the almost like the paragraphs like what's the okay that's the yeah. thesis what's the like right. body paragraph right. what's your examples I've been teaching English all the time. So oh, that's, that's where, a good idea. You know, that's a good idea. Sometimes I think that what I should have oh, done. That's how you. You know what? I got to say something. Yeah. You help me write. Like yeah. I, I'm already. I've already been helped. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah, because you want to like think of. Sometimes I, I wonder if if I would just. So I have these. Fragments, yeah, I want to hear. And like, if I just like put on headphones and like went to a coffee shop and like had. So I'll, I have these like one sentences and then just like free write, not even try to be funny, but right, just right, like free right, right. write out like what right. are the uh, what are the connecting ideas? Like where does this take you? Right, right, right. So like, um, like if I this, so I'll I'll just give a yeah. few in like rapid succession, and okay. then you can see which one, um, mm-hmm. which one mm-hmm. kind of sparks right. something for you. But right. um, if I don't uh. If I don't really like you, I'll be annoyed to watch the faces you make while you eat an apple. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just read them? Is yeah, that I'll what just, we're doing? Yeah, okay. I'll just read. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. All right, okay. I'm just gonna make a little like, note. It, next time make... you watch somebody eat an apple, um, and the face, the faces that someone needs to make to like chomp on an apple. That's mm-hmm. a very. Some of these are very abstract. Yeah. No. So, I, like, I, if I, I was to I sit it. down and, uh, I know what you mean. I mean, like I, I develop, know. Yeah. I know exactly what okay. that is. Yeah. Um, you never really realize that you're fat until you work out for about ten minutes. That's um, 
uh, personal. Uh, <laughs> uh, cele- celebrities who have gotten skinny were always better when they were fat. Um, and I could do like a list of those and talk mm-hmm. about that, but I don't want to like fat shame myself or other people. Again, these were from a few years ago. Um, I wasn't crying. I just had water coming from my eyes, felt sad, couldn't control my breathing, and had a scrunched up face. <laughs> um, classical music is my favorite music to hear old people coughing in the audience. <laughs> um, oh, like different ideas for um, like apps, like Tinder, but for making friends who have a pool. <laughs> um, Yelp, but for friends' uh, breath. As you may know from my previous reviews, I have an if- issue with tuna fish breath, but Jeff took it to a new level today. Uncool, bro. <laughs> um, I play by my own rules, but there's billions of people in the world, so I probably play by a bunch of people's rules as well. Um. Some dog stuff. Dogs mm-hmm. seem too accepting of the fact that we can walk on two legs. If dog learned, if dogs learned how to watch TV, I think they would really enjoy it. <laughs> um, and oh, and just an observation: whenever a character makes an urgent phone call. Um, if you're writing a script, you always have to have the person on the other line say, wait, hold on, slow down. <laughs> um, so very uh, sketchy kind of ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And any of those? Uh... Well, I mean, you know, they all have they're all ripe for comedy. I mean, yeah. they're all they're all they're all really good. I mean, I think they're all really good observations because they point out like incongruities like there's a sensibility there that i appreciate um the things that i that um and this is partly just my taste Mm -hmm. but um i really like the idea this this one kind of stuck out for me Mm -hmm. so you always like the celebrities they're better fat Fat. than skinny yeah because um i feel like that's a really good insight like um there's a friend of mine in particular who I can think of, like, this is an example of what I mean. Yeah. Like, um, she was like a little chubby mm-hmm. and I always felt like really comfortable with her and she's super talented, but yeah. I always felt really comfortable with her just cause she was a little chubby and then she got really skinny and now I find her threatening. <laughs> yes. And, and I feel like, so examples of, of this are like Adele, Adele, Al Roker. Oh, um, you know, he looks sick. Um, Oprah's perfect. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and then and then she gets bigger again, and then you're you're they like, like back her on. Again. Yeah, like we like them like heavy because yeah. they seem really human, and then once they get skinny, yeah, they're scary again. Yeah, they seem too powerful, <laughs> and it's like good for you for your 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 health, but but you're a celebrity for my enjoyment. So, right. Um, I don't, your health is, is inconsequential to me. I want your cuddliness, you know? Well, it also feels like it's an example, like you get rich. Yeah. And then you can just get the personal trainer and stuff. Then you just get thin because yeah. you're rich because it's easy. Jimmy you know? Kimmel, uh, you know, 
I don't really like him either way, but uh, <laughs> uh, who's the uh, Jonah Ray? Oh, yeah. Um, Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Or, th- um, oh, you know who really bothers me is Carrie Underwood mm-hmm. because she was fat on, uh, I'm using that colloquially, yeah, yeah. on um, on uh, American Idol. And then yeah. she got skinny. Now she's fat again because <laughs> she's confident. Yeah, and it's it has to do with, um, it has to do with the hypocrisy, which really hates me because I I'm thin now, but mm-hmm. I've been like on both sides of yeah. that. Yeah, uh, fat and thin. Yeah, and um, and it really bothers me that like all this like oh you should ex- it's so bullshit like we we want everybody to be skinny and like we're like oh it doesn't matter yeah it fucking does. <laughs> You know, shut up. Yeah. And I'm really like literally angry about mm-hmm. that and I think a lot of people are. What what is what is the thing that makes uh where's this can you pinpoint the anger? Um yeah, because I mean, I'm thin because I'm fat shamed. Mhm. And I kn- I know I'm thin but I still don't feel thin and a lot of women have this problem. Yeah. This is very very common. But also, like, um, the way we see, like, now, like, if you go to Old Navy, like, the mannequins are fat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But then when it comes right, like, we're like, fat's okay, fat's okay. But then, like, it's not. And then you go to a movie and you know that um, to be a young actress in Hollywood, if you're not ridiculously skinny. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm angry. Look, look, you pushed my button, man. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I hope this is helpful. No, I'm not no, just trying to go off. I, no, I think that this stuff is... But then why does it... But you understand the thing where um, where I, f- I feel more connected to, to chubby uh, celebrities, right? Because they feel sensitive and human. Yeah. And like they... They're more accessible. Like once they get rich and they start losing weight, yeah. then they're no longer the reason why you like them because they were like vulnerable. We like vulnerability yeah, in our yeah, in our yeah. in our people, and they don't have any vulnerability anymore, yeah. right? Or so. But then the, the the difference between that and so you, so as a celebrity, you can come on this. Like it's almost like the playbook is like you come on the scene a little overweight and then you meet with success and then you are just expected to lose that weight once you have success like I don't know it seems like you can it seems like when you buy you you all of a sudden have all this all this like the whole world open are we imagine yeah. or I imagine like the whole world opens up and all of a sudden you're getting free clothes and trainers mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. you know a mansion and all that stuff and being thin seems like you could almost buy just the body you want yeah yeah without you know I mean I do think they work hard at it but yeah um but yeah. that's what it feels like yeah <sighs> Anyway, I like that one, but I also really liked, um, I liked the app idea. I thought that was really, really funny mm-hmm. because the, that, that really talks about like how we want to get a partner or we, there are things we want in people yeah. and we think that just like having an app is going to make it easy. And then once you're, you know, once you are no longer single, 
you still want i guess maybe that's part of the premise is like you know once you're once you're single or once you're no longer single the like what allure does something like tinder or bumble or whatever okay cupid uh, these these sites can be very helpful but like they're these app developers are missing out on the the what people really want yeah or the or the market of people who are already have are in a relationship yeah Yeah. so what's left right right i mean i literally if i could figure out if there was like a tender to find friends who have a pool like during the summer where you're just like especially in new york a pool is a very extra i've never been to a pool in new york like no one has a pool no but maybe no no but maybe like if you're in more of a suburbs kind of thing and um yeah if you have a friend who has a pool i mean that is like a eureka like yeah or even a pool pass yes yeah maybe i want a friend who has a uh 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 uh, you know soho house has a can bring me to soho house exactly um i I like that idea because it talks about how you know, apps, how we just want to, we don't want to have to go through the trouble to meet people <laughs> for any reason. Yeah, exactly. And then that just, but we all know that the apps ultimately are disappointing anyway, right? Yeah. Any, well, not, I, I, uh, you met your wife I on met an app. I met my wife on an app. But how, was it a lot of work? I mean, how many, did you go on a lot of dates? Yes. The, if, and we were, I both, she and I were, were both, um, in the back of our minds saying, I know I was saying that this is my last one. I'm going to take a break after that. I had been on so many horrible dates that yeah. I was like, all right, one more. And then I'm going to take, I'm, I might just yeah. be single. Like, I yeah, might. people, I mean, people do meet on apps and I, I, I encourage my, my, my clients to use them. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you, you won on one, but, you won on an app, but the level of uh, disappointment is still <laughs> very high. High. That's that's true. Um, so I like that idea a lot. And there was, um, I think there was another one that I really liked. I like this idea of um, class somebody c- classical music and coughing somehow. <laughs> yeah, because there's something. Um, really precious about classical music mm-hmm. that's really stupid yes yes and like classical music has a lot of um you know it, ha- it has a- it has a lot of bullshit attached to it <laughs> and maybe like you know a lot about music i yeah. don't you've been in bands so um that's an annoying dog isn't it <laughs> i wonder if people can hear it at home um, yeah, I, I think that maybe I could go through and do like a, like a unexpected, um, association with each type of music. Like classical music is the best for hearing people coughing. Like hip hop is the best. Like what, what are these kind of weird non sequitur kind of thing uh, where, where it's like a surprising, uh, side effect of these different musical genres. Yeah, but you know what, Doctor Lisa, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I have it in me to 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 do this. When I do my my opening monologue, sponsored by Winslow T on the show, that's the closest I get to doing stand up. But it's just, 
You don't feel it. Go, You're not going like. But I'm just kind of talking through things. If it's funny, it's funny. I feel it, like there's too much pressure. You know what, though? I think that your radio show is very satisfying. Like, like, I mean, I love my show. I love my experience of doing the show. When I do a show, it sticks yeah. with me the whole day and shit like that. But your show is actually very audience interactive, much more. I try. Than, than almost any of the other shows. I would say it has, you know, the highest number of live listeners, which is incredible and very, very, that's a real, like, um, that's a particular thing that you are able to do that is unique for you as a radio show host. And I think that that, if I had that skill, um, that I might not be that interested in stand up either, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't have, you have a lot of interaction with an audience. Well, and so maybe you're maybe, and you have a talent at it. So maybe like you have scratched that itch in a way I that so. I, I'm not scratching mine I through my, so. I mean, I get, I get to feel connected with somebody in a real deep thought, process with another person which is satisfying but i'm not like there's no sense of audience Mm, okay well i know that you've reached our audience because people uh are always telling me how they want to hear you back on the show really yeah i'm so impressed thank Um, you but unfortunately we're out of time we got to get ready for crime talk bk it always goes so fast with Uh, you yeah yeah this is great i really you know and you really got me inspired thank you great uh, all right. Um, I'm going to leave it there uh, to play us out. Uh, Radiohead with Present Tense. And I will talk to you next week. I'm going to be on with Scott Bunn talking about our love-hate relationship with The Doors. All right. Have a good week. Guess the